Yeah, as John said, uh, we were looking into the conquest and then the judges. Um, as we go through the series of the, uh, the Old Testament, um, it's, it's quite a large narrative to, uh, to go through in a, in a very uh, short space of time. So one has to be uh, selective as to what, what you want to focus on. And uh, hopefully uh, the reflection that I will suggest to you uh, would be a blessing uh, either for encouragement, either for uh, challenges in areas that we need growth in, in, in our life. And so uh, my reflection would be around uh, three specific uh, elements. Uh, the first point would be uh, taking the land, or if you wish, you can replace uh, the land with a promise, uh, taking the promise and then sharing the promise and keeping the promise. Um, uh, and this both is looking into the conquest through Joshua as well as uh, the judges. And uh, taking the promise and sharing the promise is around the book of, of Joshua. And then um, keeping the promise um, is a question mark. Have they been able to keep the promise through judges or not? Um, that would be uh, my reflection. And um, as we, we read uh, or when we have reflection through uh, the, the conquest, Usually this part of the Bible is used by uh, those who oppose uh, Christianity as um, showing God as a God of vengeance or a God who likes to kill. And they, they use uh, these passages really out of context to uh, confront uh, Christian or confront Christianity saying that uh, how is that a loving God with um, order and other nations to go and, um, and destroy uh, other nations. So I would uh, probably um, suggest a bit of basis uh, or foundation on how uh, we should rather read uh, the fact that God is leading Israel into the conquest and what is it doing. Uh, is it doing one thing or more than one thing? So as, as definition, conquest... Um, is uh, a bit like uh, another nation's going to take control over an, another nation's. In, in dictionary uh, definition of uh, conquest is subjugation or assumption of control of a place or a people by military forces. That's that's a simple definition of of a conquest. And so if, if you take that, that definition, and those who are opposing Christianity, they would be right. It's like, well, God is using Israel uh, to go and uh, take control uh, over another nations. But uh, it's not the conquest. It's not God sending uh, another nation uh, to go to be nasty to other nations. Uh, that's not uh, what the conquest is about. And um, if we read in Genesis chapter 15, it says, In the fourth generation, your descendant would come back here, for the sin of the Amorite has not yet reached its full measure. And uh, as, as God is leading the people of Israel, it's actually fulfilling promise. And But what God is doing here, fulfilling his promise to the Israelite, but at the same time, 
God is bringing judgment over sinful nations. It's, this is, this is what, what, what the conquest is. And, um, and uh, the, the, the reflection that we would uh, need to, uh, to take into consideration is, uh, is the human race independent to do what he wants or are human actually accountable to God? Is God in charge of the world? Is God the creator? And therefore, there is a way how we should live our life. Or are we as human free to do whatever we want? And this is, this is the, uh, the foundation of God. He's going to judge the earth. God is going to judge the nations. And if we come from um, the worldview that actually the earth is being created by a loving God, and God has given a way of how we should live our life, either Christian or not Christian, all nations are accountable to God. And God has to be faithful to his promise or to himself by bringing the judgment because he is a sovereign God. And so in this Genesis chapter 15, we see that God is going against those nations. And it says, for, for the sins of the Amorite has not yet reached its fullness. Like God would have already uh, judged the nations, but he's very patient and actually waiting and giving opportunities so that they can come to repentance. And so that is the basis of, um, of the, the judgment and the conquest that God is giving to the, to the Israelite. And so uh, it's also going to be based on uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Because the book of Deuteronomy is the covenant that God made with the people of Israel. And... Uh, even though they're going to take the land, they would not go and do whatever they want because it is regulated. And in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4 to uh, 6, we read this. After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. Even the Israelites themselves. It's not that they are special. They are special in some way, but it's not that they are good or they are better than any other nation. It's just God's choice. It says, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, it is on account of the weakness of this nation. It is because these nations are wicked. That's why I'm bringing judgment. On these nations. And uh, no, it is on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness, of your integrity, that you are going into the tech, into the tech position of the land, but on account of the wickedness of these nations. The Lord God will drive them out before you to accomplish what he saw to your father, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you 
this good land to possess, for you are stiff-naked people. And so uh, this, this uh, text in Deuteronomy shows clearly that uh, it's, God is not taking another, another nation out and then giving it to Israel. It's a God using Israel here as his army to go and bring about judgment on, um, on another nation. And as they go to possess the land, like I indicated earlier, they have to abide on the law of God. And because God is bringing judgment upon a specific nations, and they should not go to destroy every nation that, uh, that faith. In fact, the nations that are not under judgment, they should, uh, when they go to possess the land, they should offer them terms of peace. If the nations that they're going through to possess are in the boundary that God is bringing judgment, it is okay. There are rules. There are, there are ways of going about taking the land. But if the nations are not part of, of uh, the places where God is leading them to, therefore, there are specific ways of how to deal with them. If you're going to pass through their land, you should first send people and then offer them of peace because they are not bringing judgment of them, on them. And so it is very well regulated. And even the Israelites, going with the blessings of God, they are not supposed to do what they want. It is God using his army to bring the judgment uh, on those nations. And also one thing we need, we need to understand that this is not the first time that actually they, they are going for the conquest. Remember, under Moses, they've already had an attempt when they left Egypt. This was supposed to be happened already, so this is not the first time. When they left Egypt through the Exodus, God was about to bring judgment upon those nations. Again, we can see there the patience of God. We can see that the loving of God giving time to um, ungodly nations to uh, come to repentance. But we see that uh, 40 years before, they have failed to possess the land. They have failed to bring about the judgment of God upon um, those nations. But this time under the leadership of uh, Joshua, it's a different season and it is a different kind of uh, leadership. And therefore, the conquest began with a great victory over a fortified city that came down. Also, by God's instruction, they started at Jericho. Now, uh, the text says that Jericho was a very strong nation. It was a fortified uh, nation. So I will read for you. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelite. No one went out and no one came in. And this is how uh, Jericho could be described. Like they're very safe, very protected uh, nations. And so for them to go and possess the land, they have to start by Jericho. And here is Jericho, it's the most secure place. So how would they actually attack it? How would they take it? 
And because this is not Israel doing their own thing, it is because God's taking control, it's actually the war of Jericho came down in a very laughable way because it wasn't really a military strength. It wasn't a normal way of waging war. And the, the, the text says that the Lord says to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this six days. This is a very funny way of, of to, to do war. Okay, we are going to war, and you're marching around, around the war. It's, it's, it's a very, very silly, funny, and stupid thing to do. And, and this is what, what Christianity is about. We are stupid people, feel, I'm not insulting you, feel with the Spirit of God because in the eyes of people who don't trust God, who don't believe in God, these are stupidity. And so imagine the people in Jericho looking at the Israelite walking around the city. And they're looking through their windows. Oh, look at those stupid Israelites. What are they doing? Dancing? Oh, what are they? And this is the way God does his things because God doesn't do things following the logic of human. God has his ways of doing things. Sometimes on the eyes of, of human, it's, it sounds stupid. But it's better for us to follow God by being stupid because he has all the understanding than relying on human strength. And now the city of Jericho was very secure. And because they follow the stupidity from God, actually that security came down. And this is the secret for us as, as a Christian that we, we have. When we depend on God, those who think that because we are Christian and we actually rely on a very ancient book, this is what the Bible is called about. The Bible is not relevant. Uh, you, you, you must be someone uh, very dumb, actually, to believe that any, in, anything in the Bible is, makes sense. You know? This is what critics look at the Bible. It's like, how can you depend on something that was written 2,000 years ago? How, how, how can you actually trust it? But the word of God is so powerful as you marching around that walls of Jericho. And so um, this is how um, the conquest started, by a great victory. And then by following the instructions of God, by respecting how they should go about, the word of God was so important. And that was how they've taken the, the, the promise, how they enter into the promise, because they depend on what God says. And now coming back to the fact that uh, this wasn't the first attempt because under Moses they've tried to take the promise before, but it wasn't for fear. But this doesn't change the faithfulness of God. Even though they have failed, 
God remained faithful to his promise. And an application in there for us is that God is faithful. Don't know what promise you've had from God. Maybe it's taking time for for, for the promise to to happen. Maybe you've even given up. Is is this this promise real? Did God promise this to me? God is faithful. It's taken 40 years, but finally they took the, the promise even without effort. Just obeying the word of God going around the city of Jericho and the war came down. And this is, this is happening in, uh, in chapter 6. Now before chapter 6 happened, something very important actually happened in chapter 5. Before in engaging in, uh, in taking Jericho in chapter 5, it's a reason. At the time, the Lord says to Joshua, make flint knife, that's going to hurt. Make flint knife and circumcise the Israelite again. So Joshua made flint knife and circumcised the Israelite at Gibeah. Now, this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age died in the wilderness on the day, on the way after leaving Egypt, all the people that came out, that has been circumcised, but all the people burned in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israel have moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age, when they left Egypt, had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord has sworn to them, that they will not see the land he has solemnly promised their ancestors to give us. A land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the, the ones Joshua circumcised. So um, the circumcision is a sign for the Israelite of their covenant with God. And before they would need to go and enter the promise. They have to fulfill, they have to accomplish the covenantal sign with, 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 the, with God. And that is why they had to circumcise because they have not experienced circumcision like the generation that left Egypt. Otherwise, it means that to go and possess the land they need to be strict with obeying the word of God and they have to rely on grace of God because this is God giving them. And so for them to rely on the grace of God is they have to fulfill the covenantal sign of the circumcision. And it is key because it is before they went to take the promised land. And as Christian walk, for us as believers, as children, sons and daughters of God, our walk with God is also in somehow conquest. There are areas in our life that needs conquering. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it is bad habit. Maybe it is something that you wish you don't have. But your human strength is not going to help you 
to conquer that area. You need to abide and you need to depend on great God grace. We need God grace so that we overcome those areas in our life. Because God knows us better. And he knows the challenges that, that we He knows the areas in our life that we, we are wrestling to overcome. And when we depend on him, sometimes he may even give us a very silly instruction like when, when he gave to the Israelite. Don't laugh at those silly whispering from the Holy Spirit. Because that is the way God want to give you victory over that particular area. Sometimes we don't even pay attention to it because we're not sure. That how can be God giving me victory using this method? Just be in a place where you can actually have the certainty that God is speaking to you. This is what the Israelite did. You know, being in a place where we, want, we don't want to miss anything that God is, is showing us. That's why they went through the circumcision. And for us today, maybe it's not knife, but it's called circumcision of heart. It's the Spirit of God that needs to circumcise our hearts so that our heart is in a place to obey God 100%. And it is true that that we would experience the victory, that we would conquer the land that God wants uh, to give us. And so uh, the Israelites then, uh, they took uh, the promised land, and then uh, through uh, Joshua, Joshua then start dividing uh, the land between uh, the, uh, the nations. In Joshua chapter 11, verse 23, he says, So Joshua took the entire land, just as the Lord has directed Moses, and gave it as inheritance to Israelite according to their tribal divisions. Then the land has rest from war. So it is, it's, it's been a war. But uh, all the land that God promised to, uh, to the Israelites, the majority of the land was already conquered. But not all of them. There are some of them that, was, that were left, but because they are now divided into the tribal groups, each tribe now has the responsibility to take more possession of the, end of the other land that were not possessed yet. So it was their responsibility. But we see here through the leadership of Joshua, by obeying God and then uh, following uh, the circumcision, God remained faithful and he's given the promise to the Israelites as um, he, um, God has a desire for, for many years. A couple of things that I would like to mention for uh, the distribution of the land. There are two things that the, the Israelites need to follow. The first thing is their heart to have special cities as they tr- distribute the land, they, there is what they call the city of refuge. And the city of refuge are places where those who their life are in danger, 
they can run to to hide. And so if you are in a city of refuge and your life is in danger, maybe someone wants to avenge from uh, something related to your family, you are safe in a city of, of refuge. That's it is an important element as they are sharing the blessings. And the second city that, or the second type of city, is a city for the Levite. Now, remember the Levite are the tribe that are dedicated to the service of the temple or the service of God, and they are not entitled to have sharing in the land. So there is no land allocated to the Levite. And so what happens, God, under the instruction from uh, Joshua, even before Joshua to Moses, is that every tribe should take a bit of their, their, their land and then give it to the Levite so that the Levite will also have a place to stay and they would have also a place for their cattle. And so these are important uh, for the Israelites because... Those who are vulnerable have very special heart, place in the hearts of God. Especially those, their life is in danger, the city of refuge. And an element of, uh, of application for us here, since the vulnerable people have very special place in God's hearts, for us as believers, for us as Christians, we also always have to have a place in our heart for the vulnerable. Because this is how God cares for them. That's why you have Christian organizations who rise against things, against racism, against human trafficking, against this comes from God's heart. And in our, in, in our community here, in our church, we probably... Uh, are engaged in these uh, expressions of God's heart towards the vulnerable. Either we've benefited from uh, uh, maybe being in a position in a position of vulnerable, or either we've been beside someone who is vulnerable and we would want to be our assistant. You know, we do this through through uh, many actions in our church. A little goes a long way. That's, that's one of the expressions of uh, God's heart in, in, in our church. Or the offering that we do regularly so that it can help. Or the food bank. Or many individual actions that you take uh, from your own desire. These are expressions of God is that God is a kind God. And as children of God, we need to reach out. And so it, 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 is, it is a bit like God tapping you on, on our shoulder, well done, for a little goes a long way, or for food bank, or, or for all those uh, acts of kindness, or all the engagement that we are. Sometimes it could be only, only uh, saying hello to, to, to your neighbor as uh, they're mowing the lawn, or, or saying a prayer. The vulnerable always have uh, a special place in, in the hearts of God. And by having the city of refuge and then having city for, 
for the, uh, for the Levite, God is reminding the Israelite constantly is that you need to have a place in your heart for the vulnerable. The vulnerable needs your protections. And it is the calling of the Israelite. And moving to, to, uh, to the next uh, section now is uh, keeping the, uh, the promise or keeping the land. And so when the Israelites then uh, settle in, the, in, in their land, um, they organize themselves in tribal leagues. So it's divided into, into different tribes. And then uh, the organization of the tribe was already uh, indicated in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse uh, 18 to 20, it says, God was speaking to Moses, appoint judges and officials for each of your tribe in every town the Lord your God is given you, and they shall judge the people fairly. Do not pervert justice or show partiality. Do not accept the bribe, for a bribe blind the eyes of the wise and twist the words of the innocent. And so these are the instructions that God was given to, uh, to Moses. And so establishing judges among the tribe has already has a foundation since the book, the book of, um, of Deuteronomy. And, uh, and we see through the book of Judges that uh, all the investment that God has given to, uh, to the Israelite is beginning to be corrupted. They've taken the land, they've shared the land, but they are failing to actually keep the land. Altogether, they've been about um, uh, 12 judges, and some of them are described with a bit more details, but some of them uh, just briefly. But we see that the Israelites, they have failed to protect the land. They have failed to preserve the land. And uh, what happened is that God has given strict instruction to the Israelites. But when they enjoy, they start enjoying the land, they forget that the land that God was driving these nations before them was because it was too, so much sin. It's very sinful that they need to be very careful that they don't fall in the same sin. But the Israelites, they took pleasure in breaking the covenants of the Lord. And I'll read um, from uh, some uh, passages in Joshua chapter 23, verse 9 to, uh, to 13. It says, The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you roots a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as his promise. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourself with the survivor of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snare and trap for you, whips on your backs, and turn in your eyes until you perish from this good land. And these are the warnings, very clear warnings from, 
from God for the Israelite. And so we see here during the tribal league or the period of judges, Israelite, they start then going through a circle of sin and then God raising uh, a judge who saved them from the enemy and then they repent and then they enjoy a bit of peace and then they sin again when the judge dies. So it's been a circle of really going round and round and round without enjoying the promise that um, God has given to the Israelite. So we like to, um, in, in order to really have an understanding of it, I would like to uh, read the beginning of uh, Judges, the first, the first verse and the, the, last, the last verse of, uh, of Judges, how um, the nations of, of Israel actually did not enjoy what God intended for them. In chapter 1, it says, chapter 1, verse 1, After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquire of the Lord, Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanite to fight against them? And so they inquire of the Lord. You see their heart is attached to the Lord. They don't want to do things by their own strength. They abide on God. They want to do things as God uh, tells them. And then um, when we read the last part, the last verse of the, of the book, it says this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what's right in his own eyes. Very construct, very strong contracts. And so when we see in what we see in the book of, of Judges, is that God has invested, and then because they intermarried with those pagan nations, then they start losing the promise that God has given them. And the fact that God was driving away those nations because some of the practice of those nations is horrible. It involves sexual rituals, ritual sex, uh, and excavations in that part of the world shows that uh, they have discovered a lot of figures, a lot of little statues that shows how uh, developed was the sexual immorality related to uh, the practice of the nation. That is why God was very strong against them. But sadly, the Israelites that were supposed to be there to become a light to those nations, now they got very corrupted until God has actually driven them away from the land and they have to go into exile as well. So how can we, what can we learn, learn from this? Is Of course, God in his goodness, he gives us victory. But it is also our responsibility, not only to take the promise, not only to take the victory, but to protect the victory. Lest the enemy comes round to steal the victory away from us. So we cry out to God, for, his, for him to give us victory. But it is our responsibility. 
actually to preserve that which God has given us. So it, it, is, it is running after the promise and it is keeping being jealous of the promise. And so uh, it is our responsibility to treasure what God has given. given. We should not relax when God has given us uh, his promise or has given us uh, victory over areas of our life. We need to be jealous of the gift of God so that we protect, we, we look after it, we preserve it so that we would continue to glorify God with the blessings that he's given us. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you uh, that uh, you went on the cross and so that we can have the inheritance that uh, the Father promised to us, becoming sons and daughters. Thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus. And we, we want to be jealous of our position today as children of life as children of light, so that our light would continue to shine. We pray that you would give us the discernment to be able to preserve our faith, to watch over our faith, to protect our faith, so that we would even grow stronger in the midst of hostility to what what we have. And Lord, we don't want to do it. Uh, we cannot do it on our own strength. And that's why we want to rely on your grace. And now we pray that every day we would experience circumcision of heart. That we remain faithful to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.